Hey, welcome to another episode of Pod for the Planet, the best podcast for discussion about the environment, politics, and our society today. What's in the news? So the big environmental story as of late that we've been talking about a lot, um, that the mainstream media has been talking about a lot, is um, the Australian fires. Um, it's huge, huge, catastrophic fires in Australia covering a massive apart- amount of the country. Um, but something that's missing from a lot of the stories and conversation um, around the fires, um, we've been hearing a lot about how many animals have been lost, the land, the size of land, but we haven't really been talking about the indigenous people. Um, and this is like a particularly interesting um, perspective because not only are the indigenous people suffering um, as well, but they also have had solutions to these fires for as long as time has existed. Um, the indigenous people um, have one technique, it's called mosaic cool fire burning, basically just lighting small patches um, of low intensity fires during the cool season. Um, it burns off like the flammable bush and then prevents the fire from developing into large massive fires like we're seeing now. And even this current fire, um, you can tell the difference between the areas where indigenous people live um, and where they don't live because the fires are much worse where indigenous people haven't used this technique. Um, and while people are trying a little bit to learn from them and to utilize this technique, one of the big barriers from using it is that it's A, expensive, and you really have to understand and know the land. Um, but I think people are coming around to realize that that's the only way that they're going to solve these issues, especially as climate change is making things worse. Indigenous people, not just in Australia, but like in the United States and in other places across the world, have had answers for a lot of environmental problems, like you said. And I think it's important yeah. that we, that the environmental movement starts taking note of that and looking to them to and lead the- us to take action. And the Aboriginal Land Council in Australia, um, they just have such a deeper knowledge and understanding of the place that they live and how to maintain it and care for the land. Um, A lot of the techniques that are being used is in what's the most economically beneficial way to deal with this. not necessarily how do we tend to and care for this place. So, Also in the news. Also in the news. Um, so me and Charles watched Parasite yesterday. We're not going to talk about the actual movie. Go see it yourself. It was it's very amazing. Good. Yeah, go watch the trailer. Um, it's Korean. Uh, the director is Bong Joon-ho. I hope I pronounced that correctly. But um, in the Golden Globes, uh, he, he won a Golden Globe for... Um, best uh, form language film and he said oh his translator said um once you overcome the one inch tall barrier subtitles you'll be introduced to so many more amazing films which was his clap back for people that are complaining about foreign films um anyways the hollywood reporter confirmed that hbo beat out netflix in a bidding war for the rights to an adaptation of parasite 
and the limited series would see a team up of Bong and Adam McKay, who was the director of The Big Short and Succession, but it hasn't confirmed yet if it's a sequel or it's going to be like a continuation, and it's most likely going to be made in English, which is uh, personally, I don't think it should be in English, <laughs> mainly because well, the thing about Parasite Go see the movie, you know. Um, the the story for Parasite, you could you could um, get, it's entirely possible to tell a story in English, but like for foreign films, it takes the takes it takes us to places that we don't see every day and might not even see in like our lifetime, and like encourages empathy for people who are different from us. So I feel like the underlining um, uh, experiences connects all of us. Um, uh, humanly through form film it doesn't matter you know the place or the language all that matters is you know the the connection that you that you have with the film so that's Americans my... like get over themselves the what like, Americans should get over themselves yeah I was saying last <laughs> night I was saying last night that people who have an issue with subtitles in movies never had to watch just the subtitled versions of anime. Yep. And that's why everyone should watch a little bit of anime. Uh, are, we, like... are we plugging in anime? No, no. I mean, if anime, <laughs> if anime, the genre is willing to sponsor us, which I don't think is possible. Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll sponsor us. <laughs> Um, Parasite is currently nominated for the following Oscars Best Picture, Directing, Film Editing, International Feature Film, Production Design, Writing, and it, as I said before, won a Golden Globe for Foreign Language Film. Check it out, please. Highly recommend it. And finally, in other news, uh, I'm sure both of you have seen on Twitter the picture of the new Space Force uniform. I haven't. Actually, I'm looking at it now, though. Uh, so it came out a couple of days ago, and it has been the butt of a lot of jokes on the Internet. Uh, it's the official Space Force uniform with the Space Force logo, uh, and it is in traditional army camo. Because uh, you need you need camouflage when you're in the, to hide the vacuum in of... <laughs> In the vacuum and blackness of space. So a lot of people were joking around, making a couple of jokes about future battles on the forest moon of Endor uh, and future planetary and intergalactic wars that might have to be fought. Um, but apparently the Space Force and the military justification for having the uniform be designed in this way was that most of the people who are going to be working in the space in the Space Force are actually going to be located on the ground on Earth acting as support. Uh, and anyone who is actually going to be going into space and doing any flight would be wearing a differently special designed flight suit. Um, still, I think it's pretty Thank funny. You. That if you need to hide some space trees, exactly. Space or trees, or in the space mud. <laughs> it's just, or, I was thinking about this all day today because you can't hide in space. Even if you wore like a black, like a straight black suit, like you still can't hide. Like, no matter what, like there's no, I don't know. But um, for those of you who do not remember. I believe it was two years ago now that President Trump uh, d 
decided to create this new branch of the U.S. military. And this is the first bit of uh, imagery we have for it. So it's going great so far. Well, he kept his promise. I'm happy he really that he did. Thank <laughs> God. What will we do without him? So uh, I hope that next Halloween everybody is going out to buy their Space Force uniform costumes. Um, I think that will be too expensive. Yeah. Right? Oh, uh, well, if it's a costume. Yes. If it's a costume, yeah. I, I'm going to go to DC and be like, hey. Um, <laughs> Can I get one of these? Can I enroll, enlist in the Space Force? I would like to enlist in the Space Force, sir. <laughs> or and fight for the our democracy in space. And hide behind space trees. So, this has been In the News. <laughs> in the News. In the news. In the news. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about an organization that you three are a part of that I am not a part of. Uh, Engineers for a Sustainable World or ESW. So can one of you tell me a little bit about what ESW is? Yes. ESW is an organization focused on, like the mission statement is to empower engineers to tackle sustainability challenges, which is kind of like a very succinct way of saying like we work in different groups to talk about sustainability through the lens of engineering and not necessarily through like formal engineering education, but it also can be that way. Um, There are... 50 more than 50 collegiate chapters which is kind of the base of the organization so it's mostly student run like chapters in the college level and then there are uh, like over uh 1700 members throughout um, north america so we're in both in the u.s and canada um and have been for quite some time now and in, in like internationally they work to like, do the Chapters themselves work to do like sustainability projects, like hands-on, build-it-yourself sustainability projects. And so do the professional membership groups, but it's also the professional membership groups are just like to meet members that have the similar interest in you so you can interact in that way. And um, and also part of the mission statement is to educate. So there's a level of like education on like the primary school level or secondary school level as well as like educate communities and then also connecting engineers or people who are sustainable minded together. That's cool. Is there a type of mentorship program between like ESW alum and people who are like just coming into it? Yeah, there's a mentorship program that as a chapter you're eligible to participate in. So you get, um, you can have your, it you usually works on like individual level. So the individual in a chapter would apply to be, uh, like to be mentored and then you'd get paired with somebody who's either in your region or doing something very similar to you mm-hmm. um, and then you'd work with that person um, on things the membership I mean the mentorship can be either very like professional based like resume stuff mm-hmm. like that kind of thing or just general career advice or even more like individual like sustainability challenge someone to like talk about the industry talk about what you want to do um, you're like free to shape that however you want. It's like we give you the tools to do it, and then it's like your personal relationship to, to grow and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you've done, Amelia and Justin, 
you've both done a bunch of like builds uh, at Buffalo. Can you tell me some of the things that you guys have built? Um, and the so experience of that? Yeah, so I worked on the solar team for two years. I was a co-lead. Um, and we did two major build projects through the solar team. The first was um, a solar panel, a solar powered like charging station. Um, the way it was designed is that the panels were on the top of an umbrella and it was it's on wheels so you can move it around and have it be something that's accessible to like sporting events or like festivals or picnics or something like that. Um, and then the second project was a much larger project that was actually funded partly through the, like, headquarters organization. It's a, pr a program that headquarters puts on called Build Day, wherein we, um, you build it in a day. Like, that's kind of where the name comes from. But that was a tabletop garden with a solar irrigated watering system for a local rehabilitation slash retirement home. Um and the reason that the water was irrigated or self-irrigating is because that's the heaviest part of, of like, gardening. Um, and so the members at the house needed to be able to, like, reach the table and participate in, like, an outside activity without having to, like, bend down and, and actually water so that they could actually be able to get outside and, and feel like it's accessible to them. So it's also, like, ADA-required tabletop and, and like, uh, the reach section isn't over half on either side, so you can access the full table and everything like that. So, so Abs, you're not an engineer, and you've started no. an ESW chapter at AU. Yeah. Can you tell me about your experience building so stuff? So I'm not even an engineer, like, a little bit. Um, Y'all know me. Me neither. Yeah. Uh, Justin. Neither am I. I'm a geologist. We like rocks. So ESW is so inclusive. <laughs> So AU, American, where I go, doesn't even have an engineering program. Um, we have, like, only a handful of hard science majors. Um, and we barely have a building. <laughs> Tough over there, It's huh? real. It's Can you start there? Can that be your next big project? Yeah, Just so build ESW is building. a building. <laughs> No, so actually we have a massive science building that they're currently building, and I am the one who's building it, so. Just personally? Yeah, I, I'm shovel. out there with my hammer every day, knocking on some bricks. <laughs> Is it going to be done before knocking after you Knocking on some bricks. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I'm building this building. I'm going to crumble up these it's bricks and put it really together. Fix it, Felix. You smack it's it. It's going to be <laughs> so good. Um, no, in our science building, actually the ceiling fell on me. It's like pretty rough out here but they're gonna it's gonna be better but probably not till i graduate um but it's always the way yeah it's it's the way i mean i'm glad it's happening um so yeah au has like very little stem we're trying to have more stem um but the thing about esw is that you obviously don't have to be an engineer to be in it because then we wouldn't have one at au but also I think it's important that people who, even if you aren't going into STEM or you don't want to do STEM, I think hands-on sustainability work really teaches you something. It also teaches you about problem solving and figuring out your own solutions. Um, our projects so far have been a little janky, but I think we've learned a lot in the process. And that's like part of the process of engineering is like iterative design. 
-hmm. So you have your first design and it can be like janky or like barely work, but it kind of works. It works. Yeah, even our build day project, we recently, like part of build day um, is that you get, like you apply to be a part of the program and then you get further funds afterwards to make for maintenance and repair. Um, and at AU, I, there's it's a super liberal arts school. Like we're one of the most politically active. But you say the word math and kids like run screaming. Like it. I, I mean, I'm someone who used to always say, "Oh, I'm bad at math," which is a really typical AU student response. Which is funny because they're all like pretty involved top students but it's also funny because like you do math secretly yeah I feel like they all do math and they don't know they're doing math and all of a sudden they're like that's math you're like no 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 no." and so what we've don't say the m word (laughs) yeah (laughs) literally but what we've started to do just because we're a really new chapter we started uh, a year ago so we're a year old Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Congratulations. A-U-E-S-W. Um, but because we're so new and we're trying to recruit people, we've sort of stopped using the word engineering when they first meet us. And then then once they're doing something. Trick them. <laughs> you sneak it in. <laughs> yeah, you can so be like, One of our advisors who's awesome, he runs the, it's called the Dabble. It's the Design and Build Lab. And he's like he. That's delightful. He scoots all Double. around the word. He's an engineer, um, but he scoots all around the word engineering and is like creativity, design, and we have all these students in there who are like doing these awesome projects and like three D printing and like oh, doing like all this like electrical shit and like crazy stuff. And then they're like doing engineering and they don't even know. And then he's like, "You're an engineer," and they're like. <gasps> <laughs> What? I have a question because you like UB is like a very big engineering school mm-hmm. and like we didn't have a lot of competition. But do you think like potentially the more engineering you have, like the more competition it is to like get students to join? Uh, or do you think because it's like environmental based, sustainability based, like we have our own niche? I think ESW at UB has its own very specific niche where it's where anyone, especially the environmental engineering. Um, That's true major anyone who's in that major is very involved but traditionally ub didn't have a lot of environmental engineer well to be fair traditionally um we didn't have that major at all but (laughs) so for a while it was mechanical a lot of mechanical yeah and i think it's changing over the years and i think because ub is such a big engineering school that there's a lot of options but i think anyone who has any sort of passion for engineering and sustainability will like gravitate towards ESW even like we're seeing more and more non-engineers joining um, and I think that's really great because it gives a great diversity of people and like different people come from different places and also sometimes engineers need to be put in check because they can get ahead of themselves and um, they're a cocky a d- bunch <laughs> yeah and they have a tendency to over engineer things and to like honestly solve problems that don't need solving yeah. what's funny is so there's like a um so I'm the chap, the president of ESWAU. So they give you like a chapter resource guide, and they have this whole big section about like ugly font. And like my whole team is like mostly communications majors. Like, and <laughs> and we were like, size over yeah, <laughs> this is a huge problem. <laughs> is bad font. <laughs> yeah, they're like, it's like, please, please, 
please do not put these two colors of lime green next to each other. And we were like, obviously, because all of us have to take at least a few intro, like, design basics comms classes that is, like, don't be an idiot. And, like, I think the resource guide for engineers is, like, please just use nice colors. One of our biggest problems on the HQ level. So on HQ, I work, I'm the new chapter development director now but our one of our biggest problems about reaching out to other like to getting involved and to getting kind of more national recognition is that we don't have a very big we have like a social media presence but it is not like how engineering students like communicate necessarily and they don't always like have instagrams for their clubs or have updated twitters or have updated websites because that's like not in the skill set that they have a lot of times and it's missing from their like club centers. So a lot of the resources that we produce on the HQ side are like guides about branding and guides about website making and like how to get funding for things because you have to make proposals and stuff like that. And at AU we're like, can you guys let us know um what is a solar panel? <laughs> how we could use it. <laughs> what is exactly an engineer? <laughs> what uh, can you guys let us know about what's a wire? Um, who's Amper? But so this is interesting because it's who's Amper it was a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a minute to figure that one out. I didn't. I still was processing, and I didn't quite get that joke in time. Well, something that's kind of kind of interesting uh, on that joke. Um, I am not an electrical engineer in any capacity whatsoever i have no formal electrical engineering training but i'm the solar project leader for esw the secret is to just find them find the electrical engineers and make them hang out with you (laughs) that and also there's a lot of that you can teach yourself and a lot that like like classroom knowledge is is like all fine and dandy but there's something about like getting your hands on equipment and like doing something yourself it makes that, a like, ton more sense to look at a solar panel and be like, oh, this is this wire. I see how these electrons like will move through this versus yeah. like theoretically thinking about it. And Speaking like I put that to like, like No, go ahead, Justin. I put it to like reality and like last year I got to I had the opportunity to run a like solar workshop. Oh yeah, I forgot. Where about that. I like designed a very, very simple solar powered phone charging system. It's an exceptionally simple design. It was I did that on purpose because the objective of it was to teach people basic electrical skills for the most part. It was learning how to solder, learning how basic circuitry works, and like getting your hands on something and like actually building something, coming away with some applicable skills that are helpful that like I noticed that people were just straight up afraid of soldering. They would always let the same one person who like soldered in high school we just made justin do it yeah like <laughs> i was the one who didn't and honestly i got tired of being the only one who could solder that and i don't love soldering fumes <laughs> they're not great <laughs> how many people did you have turn up to that we had a total of 30 people um it was a lot of people it was fun um we had half esw members half members of uh the general ub population it was a really cool project um i was very glad that i got to work on it and uh so speaking of solar panels yeah you guys need help over there in au oh. <laughs> so a background information au has this cat 
Wonk about this. Cat? His name is the Wonk Cat. Um, he's a stray that we like. It's like a really controversial cat because like you can't just have anything that's like a thing at AU without it being like a controversy. A controversy. Yeah, you can't have a thing without it being a thing. So like, we have a stray cat, and like my freshman year, we started to like kind of adopt the cat and like feed it, and then the school was like advertise it advertise that cat yeah well i think at first they were like wait these kids are picking this cat up like let's do something about it to make sure it's safe so they like caught it and they were like basically protests on campus when they caught it because they thought they were like putting the cat down everyone freaked the fuck out and then they put the cat back and then they built it a house and now everyone hates the cat because they're like the cat has better housing than me and it hisses at me when i walk by and i'm like this is a different it's not the cat's fault. You have conflated a cat with a deep-seated problem. And, but then also AU starts to like use the cat in their use the cat in their advertising, which is annoying. Like, why am I getting emails from the wall cat? Whatever. Wait, they set up an email for the cat. Yes, the I cat. Think that's fantastic. Emails me. I think I'd- that's I've, like. A weird. That feels like a boomer who's like, I know how to relate to these kids. Yeah, our president, we love her. I'd rather that than the white guy president at Plattsburgh sending me emails right. twice a day. So but I'd they, rather get a cat I email. Like, Satish. like Satish we had a fine. campus beautification day and the cat was on the shirt. But anyway, that's kind. Of, I don't that's mind cute. that. It's like so an impromptu mess. The person okay. who built the house for it is the head of like our zero waste club, and he does like all of the recycling program on campus. He's really cool. He's been super supportive of ESW. He got us our bike for our bike powered smoothie blender. Um, he built the house. And they recently moved the house, and then A, you reached out to my project manager, and they were like, "Hey, uh, you guys are engineers? Question mark. Why do you go here?" Um. <laughs> Just wondering, do you want to build the cat a solar panel? That would be amazing. That's our project next semester. And we were like, my club was like, are you kidding? And I was like. Build a solar panel? What? Are you going to build a solar panel? Or like have it do something? We're going to have a solar panel heat the cat's house. That's amazing. And um, they were like, we'll pay for it. And we were like, okay. So, and they, my, my e-board was like. What the heck? But I think it's still going to be like a cool experience to learn how to work with solar. And you know what? The cat will be warm and everyone. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That is nice. I actually have. So ESW HQ is working on a um, project database. Yeah. And I'm going to be submitting something to that project database that you should then use to make your solar cat. A project database is a great idea. It's a lot of work because it's hard to make a database. But basically what we're trying to do is have our chapters be able to um, take their projects and enter it into this place where they can put like the plans, like the iterations, how it turned out, the budget, so that all of our other chapters, it's like adding to the value proposition of being a chapter, can like, take this, access this information, find out who built it, have their email address, and kind of work from there. That would be super helpful for yeah. us. Yeah, I have a whole circuit diagram with instructions on exactly what you need to do. I also nice. have a thought about, so we talked a ton about solar stuff, but the projects that I feel like are really interesting that has been coming up a little bit more um, have been some non, like, there have been hands-on projects, but they've been non-physical like physical projects. We've been doing, like, they've had some clubs 
UB did this, but other clubs have done it, some, like, life cycle analysis projects Mm. about specific parts of campus. So they did, like, paper towel rolls versus the hand dryers um, in one of the bathrooms in our, uh, one of the the major, like, big lecture halls. That's interesting. And uh, I think they've started to do it, I think they did it with utensils as well different kinds of utensils but it, I think it's really interesting to put that to test on a very specific part of your campus life because you have the data right there and a lot of times universities love that stuff because they're like oh yeah show that we care about this thing they and like even data. though it's small and it cannot be necessarily like it's not going to change the whole world campuses are really large they produce a ton of energy they like need they need require a ton of energy to run and it could be like a, it's, you could make a significant dent. Yeah. How do you go about uh, at each of the schools uh, reaching out to people who aren't necessarily engineers to try and show them that like this organization, that this club is more inclusive? I nag my geology friends to join and then they don't. Oh. <laughs> our thought that was going to end happier. No, no. Our <laughs> thing, so part of the way we develop chapters is we look at what we can offer them and if we're going to be a good fit for their school if they have another engineering environmental club we maybe will apply to that engineering environmental club and be like would you like to change this club to this thing you have more funding like that kind of thing um and some something we also look at is if they have engineers there so they're more likely to join if they have engineers there but i think what we're trying to do more is think about do they have the capacity to want to be involved in this kind of work so like the reason i think it works at au beyond the fact that you are there abby and (laughs) you are useful you are a spy (laughs) in in the woods but i think also because it's a politically engaged school and it's pretty liberal you have an interest in like climate activism in a way that some other like liberal arts schools maybe don't and he's yeah. kind of cool because it gets it, it lets you kind of put your money where your mouth is, yeah, and like actually like make a difference, even if it's not a major difference. You still get to like be like, yeah, I'm passionate about the environment. I built this solar powered blah blah blah, or like I started a composting here on campus kind of thing. And part of what we're encouraging chapters to do now is to think about their projects in not just a way that like. Like, because we have a lot of, like, solar smoothie carts, which are really fun. And I recommend those as, like, beginning projects. Because I love they're, smoothies. People love smoothies. They're good fundraising stuff. And they're, like, a good way to, like, bring sustainability onto your campus in a way that's, like, kind of lighthearted and fun. But when we look for projects now, even this Wonk Cat is sort of, like, in this, like, realm, is looking for actual needs and then addressing those problems. And that's a, a real engineering kind of thought, but it's also like a sustainability thought. Like you are not being wasteful with your projects. You are looking to fill a specific problem or a specific need with a sustainable solution. We're consulting whether or not to roast clubs and organizations <laughs> at our schools. You shouldn't roast. Them. I'm not going to say names, but there was an environmental club at Plattsburgh. There's like one. How many environmental clubs are there in Plattsburgh? Depends on who you ask, but because um, <laughs> I, 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 I well, I well, I could argue that there's two to three. 
Um, one of them, though. One one of them, though, is that I is the one that I tried joining my freshman year, and I went, and they were, as you said, Justin, they like never put their money where their mouth is. It's that like, and this is what I've seen at like a couple other liberal arts schools that aren't. Um, that don't have like big environmental programs where it's like people are like, we're fighting for us like X cause. Like we're trying to like save the turtles or protect against climate change. They're tilting at wind turbines. Yeah. Like it's, (laughs) they, (laughs) and I felt like I joining a club like that, I didn't have anything that I could do to contribute because there was always like movie nights. It felt very like, clubbish and it never felt like there was like yeah. a mission or a goal i think that's which one of the good things about ESWUB, especially i don't really have much experience in the other uh, other these chapters are, these are similar though i think it's very much a community of people like yeah it's people a have their friends there we're, everyone there is good friends with each other um but we're also like we do projects we do things but at the same time we also like hang out and we like do fun events we do social events and like it's a good outlet for both like your personal sustainability and like getting yourself around like-minded people while also like actually being involved and actually doing something instead of just being angry all the time i think also though that's something that we that balance is hard to get sometimes like sometimes we are so project focused that people get intimidated by it and then they have a hard time making friends because you don't hang out outside of the work like it's like almost becomes work like a class and I don't think that that's the point of, like, I don't think that ESW on its own is supposed to, like, solve world climate problems. Like, that's not the purpose. And not that, like, it won't be a part of that, but, like, it is also supposed to be an organization of people where you're friends with people who think similarly ways, like, similarly to you, so you can come up with ideas about how to, like, reach bigger audiences. But it, it's a great it's, way to network and to, like... Yeah have people around the country who have similar views and who you will work with going forward. And people have partnerships in other countries as well. Like there's international work. So it's an it's a new year and you two Wait, I had something to add to that. What I think is a challenge with that with at American is that a lot of students are uber involved. Like my eboard is insane. Like they are presidents and leaders in multiple environmental clubs and the ones of them that you know aren't just environmental majors they're leaders in their other majors and they are involved in professional greek life and even our members are involved in greek life so like some of their social stuff comes from elsewhere so having i think at other schools what sort of happens is you you pick your club and you you fall into that and like ESW or bust yeah, and that's sort of your your life. And at American, like, most kids, there's a pressure to be, like, to spread. All of the things. Yeah, to be everything. So everyone has an internship. Like, even me, I'm, a, I'm an editor at The Eagle, so at our student newspaper, which is in itself a super time-consuming job. And I'm a president of a club. Um, and that goes for my eboard. And I think my our, the eboard is close. Like, we've all become friends. Um, but tying in people to really devote themselves to one club is just 
not an option at American. That's fascinating because it even completely the opposite. At even UB. like when people run for leadership positions, like as like they are voted in usually, um, in the official like e board, you could have sub boards that are like chosen or nominated or whatever. Um, but your you run for an election. If someone is also involved in another club, they will get a question like in the Q and A section before they like we vote. They will always get a question that is like, "Do you have enough time to devote to this? Will yeah. you be spread too thin?" That would be a disqualify. Like every single one of them is involved in something else. Every single one of them, literally every single one of my eboard members, has or had an internship. Or worked. That is rarely I the mean, case the, at Plattsburgh. Work, working people work and have internships, but n- usually you could be a member of a different club, but you'd never be like, it's really hard to be leadership and also leadership in two clubs. Like my, my VP, for instance, he is a guitar player in a band. Um, he played at like a major venue last semester. He is a TA. He is part of our like um radio station at american like a leader there and he's the vice president of vsw my like all of them have stuff like that going on so it's definitely i think it's not just an esw problem but like an american university problem but it's hard to get people who are super just it's, like all it's in. time consuming especially if you're building stuff yeah it's yeah. a huge project to take on well, I've I've been in leadership in ESW at UB for three years now, and it's been a, a lot of you're in and then you're in, and then that's most of most of my college career has been ESW. Like that's I might have put more work into ESW than I did into my academics, which mm-hmm. is its own thing unto itself. But it's like definitely we, the we stuff we I'm most proud of from college. Oh yeah, absolutely. Is ESW. We joke we, when we say it's East Weber bust, but like. It is kind of East Weber so bust. You've both been doing it for so long, and Abs, you've been doing it for a year now. Uh, it's a new year. What are some of the things that you would change about ESW as like a national organization? It's about your local chapters. Um. So I think I'll speak for just because I'm no longer in a student chapter, so I can't say what I would want to improve or anything. Part of what I want for the like HQ in general or our overall organization is that I would love a more robust professional membership. I think that that's like our biggest lacking point and I think that that's like stopping us from growing farther but I think that it's the interest is there and if we could capitalize it and make like little group like chapters like a New York local chapter or like a DC chapter of like professionals that would be so helpful for both of our like our collegiate chapters and also like for members of communities that are in different industries who like are interested in sustainability and want to do projects and they can even do like community garden type projects as professionals to chime in there it would be so lovely to have professionals in dc who we could go to and be like what do you guys think because right now we have two advisors um but our one advisor who is an engineer is like has to deal with every single one of our questions and he's awesome and does so much but it's like 
one man can only do so much. And, like, mm-hmm. it's not like there aren't sustainability engineers or, like, people in the, in the environmental w- industry. DMV. In D- yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, they're, I know that they're, they're there. <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> they most certainly are. Where are you hiding? I just think that that could be our, like, next, like, it really is, like, we have such potential there and it could be so cool to have, like, robust professional membership. And also just even for our, we have a conference, it's, Every other year, not like internationally, like everyone's in, everyone's involved. It's coming to UB twenty twenty one. Let's go! And then it's there's regional cons in the in between years. Um, at I'm gonna get it wrong, but I think it's RIT, Austin, and Berkeley? I think it's Berkeley. I'm pretty sure it's Berkeley. That might be wrong, but regardless, it's on the website. You can find it out. <laughs> ESWUSA.org. We'll put it um, in the show notes. <laughs> um, or is it global now? ESW Global? You're right. I messed it up. Never mind. Cut that out. Link <laughs> in the show notes. Um, but you, like, having a robust professional membership there would be so cool for our chapters to come and, like, talk to professionals and, like, have them be in as a part of the conference. Like, something that's that would be really awesome. Retweet. Um, for us, I think, not to roast you, but, like, Having a more organized uh, student activities, it's been like a real, even just getting started was a real challenge. Um, Funding was a challenge being, they didn't really understand our club, I don't think. And the way you have to order and purchase has, was just did not work for what we needed. Um, So fundraising has been really difficult because of that. And then having our own money to buy things. Um, But I think that's also just, like, the nature of being a new organization. Um, To retweet, like, and subscribe what Amelia just said, like, having professionals around us who were a little bit closer to us who could come and come to campus. We just need a better way to capture our alum. Scoop them up. Keep them in. Scoop them in a net. UB's been pretty good about that just because it's so tight-knit that we just, like, never want to let go of ESW. Well, for Teak, we have, uh, for all of our alum, we have newsletters from each chapter that go out, but there's also, like, the national newsletter that goes out to everyone, and, like, you get signed up and you get kept into, into yeah. like, the alumni network. And we and have it's like that. A, it's, like, frequent communications. We have helpful. that. Like, you get put on an email list. Mm. We ask for everyone's graduating seniors when you leave it just it's hard i think those professional memberships find it hard because we don't have organized chapters for them so they don't necessarily have like a group to go meet with so they get less involved so you get lost in the sauce my last question it's kind of a fun uh thought experiment so esw is only a collegiate organization and professional organization what would you make an ESW type organization look like for youth, for like little kids that you want to like teach about environmental like engineering stuff? Oh, we have this. Do you really? I yeah, was thinking of like footprints yeah. type stuff. We have programming for elementary school kids. Oh. So part of one of the biggest early projects that we recommend for chapters is called like educational outreach. It's part of like our design, educate, build or design, educate, unite cut out the build that was that was old i messed it up design educate unite um so on the website for chapters we have like youth um youth 
lesson plans and part of some of it are like UB has done a bunch where they've been like really early learning recycling programs where you take like boards with um like velcro and have the kids like go press up the like different things where you're supposed to recycle them and you like tailor it to whatever region you're in so like the recycling can Mm -hmm. be different um we have one about uh my favorite is the like learning about ecosystem and how like everyone is important in an ecosystem so you have all the little kids dress up in like different like you just have like little like tails or like people are grass and they get like little headbands with grass on it or like little ears or whatever and then you like have them make an ecosystem chain essentially where they have to be like the first person who eats this thing and this thing and this thing and they have to like so the grass has to connect to the bug and the bug connects to the thing and then you say okay like this part of the ecosystem gets taken out and like all of those little kids sit down and then they have to make their chains or like you take out three of the people and they have to make their chains, but they can't all make them anymore because like there's a missing link in your like ecosystem chain. And that's, those are really fun. And they have one for older students. So like for high school age about water filtration. So you those bring are fun. in like a bunch of water filter stuff. But as far as like actual chat, like actual groups, like high school level groups, we haven't had the most success with that. Um, I think I it's think it's a little hard because they don't exactly have the funding, funding, and or like the kids don't really have the same kind of free time. Yeah, in that like they get to choose like oh between classes I'm gonna go work on this. But I love the getting involved in your like your high school or elementary school like we people who go to school locally like we uh, we that's who you reach out to you're like talk to your kindergarten teacher. So uh. We didn't end up doing this last semester. We sort of ran at a time. Um, but I used to work with a fr- program called Food Prints, um, which is an elementary school program in D.C. where they build a community garden and then they teach kids about healthy eating, um, sustainability, and gardening. And it was so fun. We would cook every class with vegetables that we picked from the garden. That was such an awesome program. It was so cool. I I really loved it. Um, And I reached out to my old boss and was like, what do you guys need? Um, And none of their projects were really something that we could conceivably do in the fall, but we're hoping to work with them again. Um, And we had a STEM fair day with elementary school kids at AU. Um, We were not at all prepared for this. We did not really know what was coming. I will be more prepared next time. Um, but it was a bunch of kids from local D.C. schools who are in, like, specific technical schools and stuff like that, just, like, running around. Um, one of them told me I was a Visco girl. What? 13-year-olds There's are evil. Um, but this at the Buffalo Science Museum. They do something like this. Yeah. Uh, next time we'll definitely be more ready for it um because they love like hands-on stuff we'll bring our bike probably um oh, that's great we used to have a bike that just ran a, a light bulb and kids love it we oh. have one that uh plays this esw didn't make it but um our advisor made it in the dabble mildly inspired by our smoothie bike but significantly more advanced, but it plays a record player. Oh, that's sweet. And oh, would, that's wicked. Yeah, and it just rolled everyone the whole time, but the kids were too young to understand, and everyone else thought it was hysterical. <laughs> 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 just rolled. That's yeah. so Wait, you can get it on vinyl? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 
cr- next Christmas is going to be ridiculous. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Paco, just you wait. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so this year, actually, ESW, we, we are, um, we've been thinking about the life cycle of our, of our projects. And we, last year, pretty much, for the most part, almost finished an aquaponics system. And we don't have the resources to, like, maintain it and run it, like, an and, and outstanding project and, like, a long-term project. So we're considering, like, donating it to a local high school or somewhere where they can use it and learn from it and then improve upon it. Or we built the beginning part and then we then moved along to a high school or to another location where it can be, like, used more and, like, more people can be exposed to it instead of it just being a burden for future keyboards. And we run it up. We only have... It's just a closed space. I would have loved that in high school. Yeah, that would have been pretty awesome. We if got SCQ our AB got environmental that. teacher like a mini aquaponics when my best friend graduated. And oh no, this is a big aquaponics. No, yeah, system. but we would have murdered for a big one. We like that were obsessed with it. And high school's great because if you have a solid leadership with like a teacher, like kids cycle through. But and you can get if you incorporate it into the landscape of the school it becomes like part of facilities and it just mm-hmm. like naturally adds its way in there right and it also just like a lot of kids are inspired like i didn't know what i was doing school-wise or like if i was going to do anything environmental until like the end of high school so like that's like prime time to like get, get kids to get kids interested in engineering so by the time it's like they get to college regular ESW was just like I th- we're here for you. I we think you. With welcome. When I got to AU, we were lucky enough to have a really robust, awesome um environmental club in high school. Charles, Amelia and I all went to high school together. Justin SCQ is not invited. Um, I was not invited. Because he was graduated already. So <laughs> <what>? <laughs> um but we we had a, such an awesome environmental club that really was like our whole lives. I loved SEQ with it, my whole life. We, it was awesome. Um, I just never stopped. <laughs> just made ESW as a Q part Yeah, two. no. So I literally <laughs> got to college and I was like, I missed like my hands on because I was literally digging through trash every weekend. And I was like, oh, kind of miss digging through trash. So I feel like, I was like, hey, you want to start an ESW chapter? <laughs> like maybe you can like dig through some trash again. And, and she was I was like, like raccoon, raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> She's like garbage. <laughs> I was like garbage. I started but, this podcast instead. But I felt like I feel like if you have if you catch kids while they're young and get them into stuff like this, it's it's hard to let go of. Like it's y- so hard. It's hard to let go of that sort of like feeling of building something or doing something or finishing a project oh, it's like, like euphoric you're yeah. so it's so exciting oh and you feel so good after HBO. you finish a project and you're oh like my gosh look at this look what i built it's beautiful i built this with my hands and brain <laughs> i right. did it that's how i'm gonna feel about the boat at the end of this next gonna be semester like, <laughs> this is my senior year now and i am finishing up a two-year-long solar project you're gonna be like, I am the it's, champion. It's gonna be of a boat. Sustainability. It's gonna be gnarly and nautical. Gnarly and nautical. Yeah. I think that's a great way to end this. Yeah. Gnarly and nautical. Thank you both for potting with us today. Really appreciate it. Of course. It's been fun. Come Thanks back for soon. Potting. We live here. Potting. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Pod for the Planet. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating and a comment with your thoughts. That's the best way to help us get heard by more people. If you really enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends on social media and tag us at Pod for the Planet. See you next time.